Welcome to the Mark Howard Broadcast. The Mark Howard Broadcast, as you all know, is a God-driven, God-centered, God-inspired talk show featuring God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I am that I am your host, Anthony Ford. And it's Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday for Tony Myers' teaching. I thought that up, thought it'd be nice to say that. But yes, it is Friday. And of course, that means Tony Myers is teaching. So I would strongly suggest if you, those of you who have Bibles, get your Bibles. Those of you who have some, a piece of paper or a pad or a pencil or ever, if you're recording it, record it. Because you should do that with all of the teachings on Friday because you can build a library of knowledge. You'll be surprised by simply listening to Tony Myers on Friday, how much you will learn about the Lord, about faith, about religion, about uh, the, the, the bad aspects of religion and about a relationship. So I strongly suggest that. And if you don't know by now, and I always mention it because I am always impressed by the love of God. Brother Tony Myers was a brother who was healed of Lou Gehrig's disease. God healing in and of itself by now, most of you know, is not unusual. The fact is that God healed Brother Tony Myers while an atheist. I'm not saying it's unusual, but I've never met anyone who was not a believer, praying all the time, crying all the time, confessing all the time who was who was who, who was healed matter of fact some of them weren't but brother tony miles was not doing any of that and it shows you how by just faith by just trusting just believing and he didn't do all that either by the way he just god just miraculously healed brother tony because of his love and brother tony for the last i guess seven eight years been teaching about the love of god the mercy of god and i was stand corrected from what i said um on our last uh, session Brother Tony Myers is a minister. He's a minister ordained by, you thought I was going to say some type of school, right? He's ordained by God, the University of God. So therefore, you have a teacher who is direct. So without me saying much more, Brother Tony Myers. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, sir, brother. Right now, I thank the Heavenly Father for everyone that is listening. I also speak peace. This topic today is going to be quite volatile and it's quite a sensitive topic. And so I speak peace over every single person. I speak a clarity in hearing what I'm saying. And I, I speak that no one accepts condemnation from this instead that we accept the confirmation of it from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. As I stated, this is a sensitive topic. But first, I want everybody to understand this first portion of the topic, and then it will lead to some other discussions in this first portion. I'm speaking directly to leaders in the body of Christ that believe, and I'm talking about leaders in the body of Christ that teach and they believe in healing. I'm talking about healing ministers, people that teach on healing, people that train other people on seeing people healed. The majority of this is who I'm talking to. 
and then we will get into the other topics. But this first topic is, and this is what happened. Today, I saw a Facebook post by a teacher of healing that said she was trained, she was so blessed to be able to help in the transition of this woman she was supposed to be ministering to to heaven. Okay. So and I, I what I'm gonna do right now is read my response is read what I wrote. This was on my timeline. So you can look me up on Facebook to read it directly, but I'm going to read that and then we'll talk about it. Sound good? Yes. Okay. So this is directly to people that get on Facebook and claim to know and teach healing. I just saw a post by one such person. The post is about transitioning a person home. You cannot show me one verse that Jesus did that, where Jesus helped them transition to heaven. I want people to recognize who this post is directed towards, those who teach healing and claim to have an understanding about the topic. Now, I can understand if you've just started seeing the sick healed. This is not directed towards you. I will also recognize there might be an unusual circumstance that is not mentioned by the post, the one who wrote the post. But it would take an extreme circumstance for me to stop speaking life into a person and instead just let them go. Now, this is, this person was called to minister to the person as a healing minister. As I stated, I never see Jesus doing this in the Gospels. I've had people request that I pray that God would take their life. I refused their request and they were healed. They thanked God and myself and were glad I refused their request. Jesus never partnered with death. In fact, he resurrected those who were dead. Jesus never took note of their age or what they were suffering from and said, no, you just need to go on home. So if you are acting as a leader within the healing ministry and doing this, you should probably reconsider teaching healing. That is not compassion. That is pity, which is pathetic for a person who claims to understand healing. In fact, for those who know my story, I wanted to die 
because I was dying from ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. I went so far as trying to kill myself. Thank God I was unable to. I write that experience because that experience qualifies me to speak on this topic. If you've never experienced being at that point in life, then you've got no right to challenge me on this. Human wisdom and human knowledge will tell you that's being compassionate. But here's the thing. The person being ministered to was already surrounded by people who are using human knowledge and wisdom. I'm talking about hospice, family members that don't understand healing, that don't understand the words of our mouths to help ease their transition. In other words, they already had enough people speaking death over them and have no need for you to add your words of death into the circumstances. And for those of you that may have read the post and think I'm wrong for calling this out, all I can say is get over it. This person made the post public so I have every right to speak the truth about it. We have enough pastors, preachers, teachers diluting the finished work of Jesus. And to have someone within the healing ministry spread this about, it is just pathetic. Where it comes to healing, we are fighting for lives to be saved. There is no room for giving into emotions or pity from influencers. To those who have been in the situation and aren't a leader or influencer and have asked God to take their loved one home, that is completely understandable. And please, do not let this post or this discussion cause shame or guilt. You did what you felt you had to do. Your loved one was probably ready to go and would have left with or without your consent. I know many people that have done this and there's no blame for it. This is only directed towards specific people who were called in to see the dying healed. No one can blame a lay person for wanting to see their loved one's suffering come to an end. Whom those who are carnal-minded say there is no hope for. My wife did this with her mother, and there is no blame there. So please do not take an unwarranted burden upon yourself. I just want leaders and influencers in the healing ministry 
to rethink these types of situations and ask the Holy Spirit. End of rant. That's the end of the article that I wrote this morning. And the thing is, as healing ministers, we are to speak life. The situation, there's already people in mourning. There's already people thinking, oh, my gosh, my mother, my whoever is going to die. And this does nothing but add to it. And obviously, if you're a healing minister and you're there and present, then there's somebody that wants to see a miracle. And you're there to provide it. You cannot provide a miracle while speaking death and looking for them to transition into heaven. That is called being double-minded. Once again, this is only directed to the leadership, to those that are ministering to others outside of their own family, because this is something that I've run across before, as I've stated, uh, there have been people that have wanted me to pray a prayer of death. Jesus never did that. No one can give me one example of where Jesus did that. He is no respecter of persons. Therefore, if he didn't do it, it isn't meant for us to do it. And in fact, what did he do when someone died? He raised them from the dead. Amen. And he did not just sit there. Well, nothing I can do. Compassion is power. Compassion is passion that causes us to act in a powerful manner. Pity is pathetic and is powerless. So anyone, a leader who has done this had no business even walking into that situation and praying for this person. That may sound harsh. But as I said, people call me because they want a miracle. And if I am praying for somebody to die, then that is the wrong thing to do. Now, because of this, there were several other questions raised. And one of those was that, um, well, I've heard people say, um, that the Holy Spirit told so-and-so not to pray for the person or to stop praying. My response to that, 
And once again, this is primarily towards those who are called in to pray for the sick, to minister to the sick. Um, my answer is this. Unless you, unless you read that Jesus did that, because once again, God is no respecter of persons. If he heals one person, he wants our heal, period. You cannot show me where Jesus stopped in the middle of healing someone and said, God told me not to heal this person. It is not in scriptures. It isn't there. And to say that the Holy Spirit told you to stop praying for a person, that, I'm sorry, is human logic and human knowledge. Because you see, under no conditions, what happened with um, the leader of the synagogue? This was during the woman with the issue of blood. Well, the daughter died. The servants came and told him, Master, don't bother the master anymore because your daughter is dead. What did Jesus do? Kept on walking to the house. Raised her up from the dead. And so there's absolutely no indication whatsoever when it comes to healing, and this is something we have to get cemented in, it is always his will. And proof of that is in Luke 5, 12 and 13, the leper who asked the same question, Lord, I know you can, but will you? Jesus' answer is the same to us. Yes. Now, to us, it's actually, yes, I have, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Then the question will arise, well, and this is where, and honestly, and br Brother Anthony, yeah, I, know, I know you came upon this situation and there have been others that have been on this show that have been there. And like I stated, my wife was there. And in fact, my son-in-law had this situation. Okay. So let me kind of explain that a little bit. A person tells you to quit praying, right? There's, you know, many times they'll say, I just want to go home. Right. Okay. As a family member, um, I can perfectly see that. And you are not wrong if you stop praying for them. And I would tell you why. Because one, they're gonna, they have already made the choice. They are ready to leave. 
you will notice, especially in the King James Version, when Jacob died, it was, and he gave up the ghost. When Abraham died, and he gave up the ghost. When any one of those people died, it states, they gave up the ghost. What happened when Jesus was on the cross? There was no man with enough power to kill Jesus. Jesus gave up the ghost. He surrendered willingly. That is why they were so surprised that Jesus was dead after only three hours. Because Roman crucifixion was meant to last for hours, if not days. It was it was a excruciating death. They actually ended up suffocating is how they died. Okay. So in this case, and what happens in many situations is this. Okay. And Mark, Mark, Anthony. Yes, I got you. I know, I know your situation. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. So in in the case with your brother, and he told you, Anthony, quit praying for me. Because yes, he you yes he did get me alive. Okay. He he had that expectation in you that it was your prayers stopping him from dying. Okay, I talk a lot about expectation. This is no different. Yeah, you're right. Come I didn't think of it like that. He had that expectation. Now he knew you would honor his wishes. So that is when he chose. Because he he believed your prayer had so much authority. It could override his will. But that wasn't the case because God doesn't override a person's will. A person has a choice. Either way. And so this and hopefully this brings you closure on that. There is nothing wrong with a person. Was there anything wrong with Jesus deciding to embrace death? No. So I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that somebody who is in massive pain, who who doctors and everybody else is saying they're going to die, blah, 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 and they choose to go. There is nothing wrong with that. The thing that the thing that hurts my heart is that same person doesn't realize for whatever reason that they could be healed. And so that's that's where the heartache for me comes in 
because I know that person could have been healed. But at the same time, they have the right to make the choice without us condemning or judging them because if, for the people that have never been in that situation, as I stated, I tried to take my own life many times. But when you're paralyzed and you can't yield a knife, you can't pull trigger on a gun, you can't overdose because you can't move your hands, you can't even swallow, there isn't that option. So I personally know what it's like. So when you're suffering that bad, that's why I am so diligent in spreading the truth about healing so that people don't get to this place. They are so desperate that they want to die. This is so that young mothers can raise their children. This is so young fathers can be with their families. This is for all of those people. And because they don't know or they've heard the opposite taught, they left this earth when they had unfinished business. And that is why I am so diligent And that is one reason why I'm so very careful that before I open up my mouth, I know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of people that lack that kind of compassion and without confirmation from scriptures and from Holy Spirit, they run their mouth off and they kill people through their mouths and through what they teach. That I've got a huge problem with, and that is why most of this is directed towards leadership. As I say, we have enough. Andrew Farlix. We have enough of those type of preachers that claim God's their healer, but teach that God's the one that delivered death to you and that God sometimes will heal and sometimes won't. When scriptures are perfectly plain, healing was the biggest thing that Jesus did. 75% of the gospel Jesus is ministering to a person's physical condition. Don't tell me Jesus don't care and just wants you to come home. And don't teach that to other people. And then they just give up and accept a diagnosis and just give up and accept death and just give up and don't live in the fullness of what Christ 
gave his life for. And I am very passionate about that. And I have every right to call people out that are talking against the finished work of Christ. Mm. They talk about people like myself that teach the truth about the finished work of Christ. And they call us out by names. Yet it's wrong for us to call them out. Paul did it. Yes. Paul absolutely did do it. See, the offense is never on the one that is teaching the truth. The offense comes to those who are teaching against the truth. And there are, just as Paul stated, certain opinions that is just that, an opinion. Well, healing is not an opinion. Divine healing is a fact that Jesus both demonstrated and made clear in no uncertain terms. It is always the Father's will to heal. Who comes to kill, steal, and destroy? The thief. We've talked about this just a couple weeks ago. John 10.10. Who's the thief? Those who entered the sheepfold another way. Human beings who don't know the truth and who don't know Jesus, but pretend to. That is the thief. That is John 10.1. Defines who the thief is. And furthermore, John 10.8. All who have come before me were thieves and robbers. Because they did not know the Father's heart. They thought God was both good and evil. Were they forgiven of that? Yes. Absolutely. David. God didn't hold that against David. That's why Jesus came. To demonstrate God's will. To demonstrate the Father's love in a pure fashion. In the purest form. He did only that which he saw. The father do. And he never took a life. Did he have the power to? Absolutely. Did he have power to come down from the cross? He absolutely did. And stated as such. Do you not think. Uh, right now I can ask my father. And he will send 10,000 angels. So it is time. Way past time. For the real leaders in the body of Christ to speak the truth. 
without fear that someone, for whether is out of ignorance or deceit. We let the Holy Spirit who is merciful deal with them. And he will deal with them and woo him to himself as he does with everyone else. I do not assassinate character, but I am going to and will continue to assassinate wrong teachings. And that's the problem. Too many wrong teachings, too many people running off, calling themselves a preacher, calling themselves this or that, and they don't know what they're talking about, and they lead people. They steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. That's the problem. We separate life we're thinking about when we go to heaven. Salvation was the full package, not just going to heaven. Salvation was about life on this earth now. Did Jesus ever get sick? I've heard people include in the tribulation Diseases. Jesus did not include diseases. He said you would be persecuted. They would drag you into the synagogues, kill some of you, etc., etc. He did not include disease with that. That was only persecution for his namesake and not us being the cause of our own persecution. If we walk up and tell somebody they're going to hell, they got every right to persecute us. All right? If you're the cause of your own persecution and you're just throwing Christ into it, that's a different story. But we separate the spirit from the physical. There's that separation, that compartmentalizing, and that is why people think it's okay to prepare someone to go home. Jesus never prepared anyone to go home. You got any questions, Mr. Anthony? Um engulfed in this as you're saying it and I, I must say you handled it handle this very very delicate and sensitive topic in a in a in a, in a holy spirit manner it's the only way I can call it and while you were um speaking the image that I I came not even an image I remember a passage that I read in a book a while back by Smith Wigglesworth in his autobiography and what you said some of the things you said was like right on topic he was called to this, it was a member of his church or a church that he was going to. He was called to the gentleman's home. 
He went up to the second floor and there were all the elders and the deacons. They were moaning and groaning and singing death songs. That's his word, death songs. He came up there and he screamed at everybody. He said, get out, get out, get out of here right now. He pushed them all out. And the lady who was the wife, she got she said, what are you doing? He said, who are you? He said, um, I, I, I'm his wife. Well, you're going to be his widow if you keep singing these death songs and wringing your hands like that. So she, they all got out. She stayed in. And um, all he said, he said, are you, are you going to say this? Sit out? She said, yes. He said, yes. So for, for a half hour, all Smith Wigglesworth did, this is, you can get his book. This is autobiography. He kept saying the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, over and over again. He didn't command anything. He didn't do anything. He just said it over and over again. 45 minutes, that man was up, sitting in the bed, laughing and joking. It was the most, I read it, I couldn't believe it, but it, it happened, but that's the way he worked. And I was thinking of what you were saying, that everybody thought that the man wanted to go home, they were going to send him home. They were singing the funeral songs, as he called them, the death songs. And wringing their hands, and all he did was say Jesus Christ over and over and over and over, and the man rose. And if any of you are familiar, so for me, with Smith Wigglesworth, I know you are, Brother Tony. He did that. Then when you was also speaking, when you said about Jesus never uh, helped anybody to go home. Period. Totally true. But I also was coming to my mind when uh, when, when the, the Oswalds didn't do it either. When Paul read sermon. And you remember when Paul was doing his sermon in Acts and the man fell asleep and he fell off the balcony and he breaks his neck as the worst. He breaks his neck. Paul went downstairs and he didn't say, well, he broke his neck. Nothing I can do. He just went over the man. He didn't say anything or do anything as far as I remember and said something or touched the man or something. The next thing you know, the man woke up just that quick. The man woke up. I mean, All right. when you when you get these things now, now, when you see the way you teach. And this is why I know you teach with authority from the Holy Spirit, because it's just as easy, like Jesus said, it's just as easy for me to say your sins are forgiven. It's just as easy for me to start, you say, I speak healing, then to say, well, go and die, go and go home. What's the difference? It's just as easy. Look, I've even heard preachers say, well, everybody's going to die sometime. That is not right. God's will. God's will is eternal life. And when you handle my situation that I shared with you personally, and I, I'm going to say this clearly, I do not mind. Matter of fact, I appreciate you using me as an example. Because for any one of you who said that he's not speaking from experience of his own, I told him my experience also, and I give him absolute permission. I'm glad he did, because many of you may have lost a family member or a mother or brother or sister. Well, I lost them all. Now, that's what you'll know. I don't think anybody in this audience has lost the entire family, or, or almost like almost one after another, one after another, from my oldest brother who died in January, my youngest brother died in February, same year. One died on Valentine's Day and one died on New Year's Eve. And I, I my boy, I'm telling you what Brother Tony is saying about you didn't have enough faith. He was taking him home. He loves them more. You, you know, so many different excuses and so-called comfort you. And, and what is that favorite one? All things work together for good for those who, I mean, I... You look, I got so fed up with those platitudes, those cliches, that I fell into a period of actually hating God. I got so angry. Right. I yeah. hated him because of the fact that we used to go on my... You, 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 you actually, unknown to you, you did not hate God. You hated your perception of what you had been taught about God. 
Yes, because I was on the bed. I, I don't know, maybe I was 13 years old at that time. I think the second brother had went home. And I was sitting there on that bed, and I was crying and saying, you're supposed to be a God of love. You're supposed to be this. You're killing my family. What's kind of God? I was angry. And, you know, you go to church, and, and the church pastor, it's okay to be angry at God. God took them home, but he loves them more than you love them. God needs them in heaven, and God loves them. I, I, I didn't, you know, if you would have said it again, I would have hit him. Because I, I, that I was, and from that time on, I got to admit this, I'll admit it to Brother Tony, maybe, well, I should. From that time on, from the age of 13, almost up to I don't know how older, I I turned off. I started drinking, smoking. Yep. I became a rabble rouser. I got myself in trouble. I got arrested. You name it, I did it. And yep. one, because I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at the church. I was angry at me. I was angry at my parents. I was angry at everybody. And nobody told me that, you know what? Nobody told me anything. Far in the church, main one that did not comfort me. They did not comfort me. And I know what comforts me to this day is the fact that all, all, all my anger, all my frustration, God never abandoned me. I didn't know it then. I didn't know it then. All I thought right. was I was a mean person. Like you said, Brother Tony, we thought that God hated us, that God was a judge, that God was a monster of some yep. sort. I thought that for real. You couldn't tell me when people, I mean, I would out, look, I, I'm not, I'm ashamed to admit this today. But when we was on the train and the, the Christians in the day came up and said, can you give us a dollar for the Christian organization? I took the dollar, tore it in half, threw one at the other end of the train and, and at the other end and said, go get it. That's how ruthless I was and angry. And they looked at me and said, we're going to pray for him. I said, say it again. They didn't say it again. I said, we're going to pray for him. Say it again. You tell me that Jesus loves me. You tell me that. And um, I, I lived like that for a while. I lived like that for a while, stayed in that church for a while, and I and I became the, I, I got the little scarlet, you know, you don't see it the scarlet thing. Half his family died, pray for him. He's his family died. You know, you know that pity thing, like you said, the yep. pity thing. And um, I couldn't deal with it no more. I mean, at the age of 19, I said, I gotta get out of here. So I went, no, twelve at the age of 19, 20, 22, I said, I'm out of here. I joined the service. I couldn't take it no more. I wanted to kill somebody. So I volunteered for the Vietnam War. I volunteered. Because I said, I, I was so angry, I said, I'm, I'm going to go kill somebody, let them know how I feel. And um, praise God, um, somehow God intervened. I, I got drafted, but the, the night before we were supposed to go to Vietnam, and I know it would have been frontline, um, the, the commander on the base, three o'clock in the morning, said, the war is over, President Nixon declared a peace, and I was so upset and so angry again, and uh, I didn't go, praise God, and um, that was it. That was it. Slowly, God started working on my heart, but it wasn't from me. It wasn't from a church. It was from the Holy Spirit. I didn't know it then. It was from the whole, for some strange reason. Correct. The Lord told me to read the old, the New Testament. I did this in the service, read the New Testament again. And I was in no way perfect doing this. I was reading the Bible, drinking and smoking, fornicating and everything else. I was still reading it and God was still merciful. So you, that's my comment to say what you're saying. That if what he is telling you here, he being Brother Tony Myers, is not from his mind. It's not from his, 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 his it's from the Holy Spirit. Because everything he's saying, I did. I went through this all, you know, you know what they say, Brother Tony, the, the five stages of grief and all this nonsense, anger and frustration. Yeah, I went through all that in one day. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went through all of that one day. And then, and then you return. I never returned. God returned me. And all I can say is like what he's saying about if you lose a mother or father, especially when you're a little child, God loved them more. How do you tell yes. a father who lost? Oh, God needs another angel. 
Exactly. That's oh, that that was amazing when they got it. It burns me up every time. God it me. is not God's will that any should perish. Thank you. He said, and that means the physical death as well. The problem is, is we still think that we're in the fallen world and we don't give Jesus the credit for bringing the kingdom of God to earth. No, we don't. And what did, his, what did, what did one of his apostles say? I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. And what do we say? Well, it's something that's terminal. It's something that God wants to use for us. Well, we all going to die someday. Jesus died, so we don't have to. The Amen. problem is we don't believe that. Oh, wow. Right. That's the problem. We don't believe that Jesus's work was finished. It was finished. We have it better than the Garden of Eden. We are not seeing it because we are not believing it. All you have to do is listen to 99% of preachers on any given Sunday talking about how normal death is. Right. Talking you know, about how we need to lock up our doors, stay inside, cover our face when we go outside, and all this other garbage instead of on. trusting the Holy Spirit. Preach. Come on. Right. Come on. Cover your face and don't talk to people. Don't touch people. Don't go outside. Don't don't go to your job. Don't don't go have fun. Close the churches down. Give me a break. And, and the churches, the ones who claim they're the church of Christ, lock their doors when they should have been praying for the sick and seeing them healed. Amen. The church of Christ locked the door on Christians. Now the body of Christ stayed open, such as my church. And we prayed over those. And you know what? If you want to hear, if you want to get really angry now, and I, and I say this in all sincerity, and I don't mean it offensively, and like Brother Tony said in the, in the beginning, he did, everything he's saying was not taken, I didn't take it at all badly. I took it very good. But if you, if you want to really get upset, listen to Christian funerals. Go yes. up. It, it, boy, everybody's weeping and crying, and, and the excuses and the, the cliches, I, I mean, people are like professional criers. Uh, and what the pastor is saying about the person in the casket, well, God loved them more than you did. God needed, and I'm not trying to be offensive or whatever. I'm telling you what I went through. I went through it five times. Yep. Same pastor said, and he loved him more than you do, and he helped him more, and all this kind of stuff. And I was, I was sitting in that seat, clenching my hands so tight. And he's saying, and remember, God loves you. But yeah, God loved me so much. He killed my brother. He killed my father. I mean, yeah, he, that's real love. So maybe God's a serial killer. I was angry. I so, was the same, so the same one that said, thou shalt not killed, is God a hypocrite that he should lie? No. He meant thou shalt not kill. Right. So he wants his children to? Come on. So, well, what we say is, God's the one that kills. Yes, we do. He, he orders us not to kill, but he can kill. No, God is not a hypocrite that he should lie. 
When he said, do not kill, that's what he means. And that includes himself. It is people that teach this nonsense that are killing. They are the ones taking lives. Now, there's a responsibility on our part because we're listening to them. And we're saying, oh, that was a powerfully good message. Right. And we're paying their salaries. So we share the blame because we're letting them be in the puppets. We should be running them out and say, you sit down and let me show you a God of love. True love. Not your human type of love that's wishy-washy. True love. That would never leave or abandon you. How is it that we can say this, Brother Tony, when a person is older, let's say maybe 75 or 80 years old, they die. What does the pastor say? Well, he lived a full life and God brought him home. Where do you get this from? I mean, you know, 80 years old, he lived a full life. It was time for him to go home. Or God only guaranteed us three score and whatever, 10 would, something like that. But it, it all, it all, gives in to the image that God killed him and took him home. Okay. Yes. That's what you're saying. And then they will use Paul's statement. God appointed all men once to die. Oh, yes. 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 And Third that's day. true. He did. Where? At the cross. And you mentioned the name. This is so time now the Holy Spirit does this. I got an email from the person that you mentioned in your broadcast today, and he has that same, he said, God said in his own word, and I got the email, I can send it to you. He said, God said, um, uh, it is once to live and then the judgment. So when these people tell you that the person that you prayed for didn't get, he went and gave this whole email on it, the person that you prayed for died, and, 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 you, and they tell you didn't have enough faith, remember that. It's once to live and then the judgment. You, you know what you're saying. And he, he did his right. thing. He sent it out. He didn't do it as his, his thing. He sent it out personally to all of his people. I'm on his, his list. Still on the list. I forgot to unsubscribe. But anyhow, he said the same thing you just said. That when a person died, everybody is not healed. I don't know why everybody's not healed. God heals some. But I don't see that nowhere in Scripture. I listen to Mark again. I say where God is no respecter of persons. Right. He one person. That means it's his will to heal all. I listened to the book of Mark all night and know what he said? And everyone that came to him from morning till night, he healed them. He cast out devils. He, did, he, made, he, did, he healed everyone that came to him. I mean, it didn't matter. He healed them all. And it said right there, he healed them all. And you can go to different scriptures, the same thing, different translations. He healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. Never, never did he say, well, this one is beyond hope. This one can't be helped. This one, even the man, the, the demoniac boy, when I took him to your, 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 your the apostles and they couldn't do anything and God didn't get it. God was not happy with that. He said to his own apostles, you, you, you faithless generation. He got mad at them for not raising that boy up and got mad for them for not healing him. He didn't say, well, this is the way that, you know, my father wants it. Even when the blind man said, who sinned, the mother or the father, whatever? He said, nobody sinned. This is for the glory of God. But he still healed him. He didn't condemn us like the church does today. He didn't condemn 
you know, you, you, you said it right. He didn't, God didn't kill. He didn't kill. Let anyone die and blame it on the person's family. Sorry. <laughs> so your sin is in your life. You don't have enough faith. You don't believe in all this. You feel bad enough. Is it possible that you have sin in your life? Which person did Jesus go to and say, well, you've got to repent before I heal you. And in fact, the woman with the issue of blood grabbed her healing, took it. Right. Took it. Without his permission. He didn't even know who had touched him. Amen. He didn't. And what did he say to her? Daughter, your faith has healed you. And she was healed before he even knew it. Wow. That's, that's so true. So you cannot tell me that God heals some and others he don't. The problem is we have got a lot of people, including Franklin Graham, they're teaching the exact opposite of truth. 100% agree. I don't know what you heard the latest from him saying, but and I don't want to interject this in your moment here, but I was just going to say uh, he has made a decree to his, his people, the Franklin Graham Heritage, whatever his group is, he's going to actively work with the government, FEMA, and the other organizations to insist, and he said this, this is his word, insist that evangelicals take the vaccine. He's going to put the pressure, as I say, uh, you can get, you can Google it, and it said to make sure that Christian evangelicals take the vaccine. I don't have anything against this vaccine or for this vaccine, but when a man of God says that, what, 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 what do you Well, do? good thing I ain't no Christian evangelical, because I'm a believer in Christ. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. This is the same man. And I'm not saying Brother Tony is not disparaging him. Brother Tony is not disrespecting him. Neither am I. This is the same man who said, Jesus Christ would take the vaccine. That's a man of God who said that. A man of God whose father was supposed to be the greatest evangelist ever on the face of the earth. Jesus Christ would take a vaccine. The father who raised his own son from the dead. Do we believe anymore? Like you said, well, I find faith on earth when I do come. Who would say that about God, his son, his son, like the other pastor said on Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, whatever, you could save yourself. You don't need Jesus. Brother Tony, what's wrong with the body? It ain't part of the body. That's yeah. the church. That ain't the body. That is man's organization. You've got the body of Christ and you've got the church. The what church is an organization. I wouldn't have man-made organization. And what you're saying, I you, you would have I would have never ever believed what you're saying about five years ago and thought you would. Now about five years ago, you probably would have tried to whip my butt. Well, I would have been very angry and cussing and everything. You're wrong and you're a heretic and all this foolishness. But you know what? Now, now, and I've only been with Brother Tony Miles, by the way, for a year, but God was weaning me out of this for a little while now. I realized that. Now a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, he's right. The church has gotten, I don't know what happened. I don't know who's teaching them. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not, I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to be honest there. I honestly don't know. Maybe somebody like Brother Tony Myers, who I believe has got a revelation from God or somebody else, little knowledge. This is over my head. I don't know why the church is teaching what it's teaching. And they don't know how much damage they are doing 
to Christians. They're making us atheists. I'm telling you, he's right. They're making us. They're making atheists. I turned away and I wouldn't have never went back if it wasn't for God wooing me. I would have this was the whole reason I was atheist. Here you go. When I was nine years old, I had three friends killed in a car wreck. One of them was decapitated. Oh, gosh. And and they said that same stuff we've been talking about. Yes. And I said, I'll never serve a God like that. And guess what? I don't serve a God like that. My God is loving. Amen. He is love. He is life. He's abundant. He cares. I mean... I, you know, <laughs> Brother Tony, I got to admit something to you. The Holy Spirit is telling me this. By the way, folks, uh, when the Mark Out broadcast, Brother Tony Myers is really, really, um, you may not understand, it's my brother. Uh, he's Italian. I'm not, but he's he's my brother. My name is Fortatini. But anyhow, uh, we had a great, great, um, oh, how would you call it, debate uh, the other night? About two or three. Uh-huh. Yes, Brother Tony and I talk all hours of the night and day. There's no time for my brother. And I, I got to admit this to you, brother. Tony goes to all this person. You got to let him off. Don't care. I agreed with you. I really did. But I need verbal fisticuffs like I used to do with my older brother. Right. I need it. And I know that. I, That's I, why I, I give oh, it to you. Good. I'm glad you didn't get offended. <laughs> I agree with you. Of course, God is love. I know God is love. God ain't going to kill you. His son never killed and God ain't going to kill. And all those people who thought God killed, they got it wrong. Why did they get it wrong? Because they were hurt. I know how I felt. They were, right. when something happened, they could only assume, well, God is almighty, God is a powerful, God did it. That's all I thought. I, you could, you, I didn't know the God of love. I didn't know that God, I was grieving the Holy Spirit by telling him, your God killed my brother. Right, right. I gave you your brother in the first place, and I'm going to kill him, right? That really makes sense. So I'm saying this to let you know, I agreed with you on everything you were saying. I just needed my uh, verbal stretching just to come to make sure I'm still alive you know I, I, <laughs> and he was the only one i gotta tell you brother tony will go toe-to-toe with you he will not wilt he will not oh, oh that reminds me i'm going to segue one minute we are setting up a dedicated because i know some of you want to question brother tony he don't believe me you can get angry at him he can get upset at him he will not I cut you down all kinds of portions he will go toe-to-toe with you and teach you through your ignorance hello um and and and, and he did that with me on several occasions so we're going to dedicate uh, either email, a text, or a phone number, and we're trying to make sure, see how we can do this, so that you can call immediately if Tony says something that maybe um, you, you don't agree with or you do agree with. You can call him up and speak to him, and 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 get real time uh, help, prayers, whatever. We're setting we're setting up, working on this, how to do this. We've got to contact Zoom again, or we'll get a dedicated email and text, so you can text at the same time you want to hear something. But I'm only saying this because. Do not be afraid. I know, and this came to me before. I said, a lot of people are not calling him, being this Tony Myers, because they intimidated. And I know I was. I was a pastor's aide. I said, why don't you go to the pastor? No, no, no. I can't go to the pastor with this. But he's a, he's a nice guy. He really was. They don't want to talk to Tony or email Tony because they're intimidated by his wisdom, his knowledge. But he's not like that. He's really down to earth. He's, I'm serious. He really is. I understand because I've known him. He was down there day one. So a lot of people feel intimidated, and that's what happened because we elevate him. And Tony always says, "Don't elevate me. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I make my mistakes and that stuff like that." But a lot of you, I know, because I was there too. 
I put my, I put him on the same spot and the Holy Spirit told me directly, don't do that to him. That's not fair and it's not right. You do not do that to him. Even when the angels came and they fell down, he said, don't worship the angels. No, but Tony Myers is here for you. I'm serious. He's here for you. Why struggle by yourself? He, he gives his number out. He gives his email out. He gives everything out. But I'm saying in future, we will have information for you. So right now, if this subject matter touched you or made you angry or made you upset or made you happy or joyful or whatever, drop him a line, call him up, let him know. Let him know you helped me. Let him know I needed that. Because many times I have told him, I thank you, Brother Tony. I didn't need that. I thank you for the other night. I needed that too, Brother Tony. Really, I needed that too. Um, nobody can, I used to do it in my church a lot or with my older brother. I don't have those connections anymore, but I got Brother Tony. Well, cool. You know, I can talk with him straight from the heart. He doesn't get offended. He doesn't get all weepy. He doesn't get all, he'll go toe-to-toe with you. And I find that to be, and make, that's why I say I love this brother. Because you know what? So many of us believers are so wimped out. I mean, gosh, I don't know, Brother Tony. I don't know. And that's the thing. We can never be afraid to stand for the truth. And I will not apologize. And I will not, you know, look, if I offended you, the truth does offend. And you know, Brother Tony, you might know more about this than I. Smith Wigglesworth has some strange ways of getting people healed. One time they said a woman came to him who was pregnant. I read this in his book. And he screamed and he punched in the belly. They said, you beast, you this. They called him all kinds of names and everything. The lady fell backward and the tumor that they thought was pregnancy came out that woman. That he said, when you're dealing with the devil, you can't be polite. You got to, you know, you know, but I'm saying, I, I don't know him. I never knew, obviously, but his methodology, either way, he was never afraid and never apologized. In all his writings, that man never apologized. I've had people at my sledgehammer. What you talk about? Right. And he, he hit him. A- Ask CJ how we met. I hit him. I hit him. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, now, Smith Wigglesworth, and remember what I say about 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 these great men of God, right? They had the revelation for their time. Amen. Now Smith Wigglesworth did not know why he was doing those things, like you just stated. He uh, didn't. You can't be no hold you against the devil. Blah blah blah. What people don't understand, I understand why I do the things. And the thing is, it is actually a distraction. Oh. Mm. Okay. When you hit someone, and I do it, and I know that person is protected, and I know that person is not going to be hurt. Okay. I'm not telling anyone to do it. Disclaimer. Don't do this at home. All right. The the reason why that distracts a person so they can recognize they're healed. That's what is happening in those situations. 
And it is all about getting out of the carnal mindset. That is so important to get out of the carnal mindset. Or the way I prefer to put it, get away from the physical senses dictating to you. And you and I don't know if you was going to say it and interrupt you, which I do apologize. Those guys in those days, for their times, a lot of times they said, well, the devil did this. You know, they were so a lot. I mean, the person got healed. And I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Is a lot of them. And I'm talking about those great men of God, Smith, Wigglesville, McFinney, uh, Mueller, all them guys. So, well, you know, the devil robbed them of the food. The devil did this and the devil did that. That was the way they thought then. And so, right. they, like, today we have a much better understanding. And it was amazing. Smith Wigglewell spoke in the spirit, but never said he he, not, he never understand what that was. Was he, they didn't go. Right. Their, their understanding was for their own time period and just like us at the level they were at. Right. That's that whole generation that was at that level. He said uh, he didn't know he was saying all those things. And but but we needed those guys because one thing they did do, and it was they did revive healing. They sure did. If they had gone about it any other way, it would not have gotten anyone's attention, and you would not know their names or that anyone got healed. Yes, guys like John G. Lake, Smith, we were all, and they, they brought it back up. What was the church preaching before that? That God didn't do that? Yes. Give me a break. See, we're coming out of religion. People don't realize we are actually quite a ways out from religion. You know, there was a period of a thousand plus years where the Roman Catholic Church was the one world religion. Yes, yes, that's some religion, boy. And we got out of that. Thank God. With the Protestants, with everything else and all of that, we got away from that. Now we are coming further out of religion. Let me ask you, Brother Tony, not to interrupt, was John G. Lake out of that period or before the? Where does he fit into all that? Because he was another one that had a great big healing ministry. Right. And John G. Lake was, I want to say the, let's see. So John G. Lake, Curry Blake met John G. Lake's son and daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And so he would have been around, it was like the 30s to... I want to say probably the 80s, possibly, Hmm. maybe the 70s. Well, you figure, um, so so Curry Blake met them, and that would have been around 2000. And they were well up in age. So probably, I would say, to the 60s. Let me see. Hold on. We we fixing to get the answer real quick. Oh, take your time. It's, it's your time. We um, it's good. I think people need to know these things that the church got awoke some sometime in what the uh, 
I don't know, 18 something, the church got awoke that God heals and everything. Because otherwise, I don't know, boy. Mm. And like you said, today there's more than hope. The church is getting out of religion, getting out of tradition, getting out of all that other stuff that we do. Uh, and okay. So John G. Lake was born in 1870. 1870. When did he die? Come on, tell me when he died. If he was born in 18... He died 1870 to 1935. Oh, 19... Okay, yeah, so John G. Lake's son and daughter would have been in their 70s when Curry Blake hooked up with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just right before they died, if I remember the story correct. Um, but yeah, so so he um, he died September sixteenth, nineteen thirty five. So once again, he was right there with Wigglesworth and all of them. Right, and and like you said, they revived the church into the reality of that God does heal. Otherwise, yes. I don't know. And I think they said that tied in with Azuzu, that place in California, something. Yeah, like that. that was yeah, that was right around the time of Azuzu and all. That was right around um, the time of the Pentecostal re revival here here in the Appalachian Mountains. Right, 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 right. I forgot it was over there. And so, um, but but, but, but we need we needed that. To bring it to people's attention. And so the, there's absolutely nothing against them at all. We right. are, God always brings us forward in the new and fresh revelation. He's not stale. And that's part of our problem is we live too much in the past and not enough in the present. Mm, mm, mm. We live in a day and age where right now I have one, two, three, four, five Bibles in front of me. And our scriptures are more accurate than in any other time period. They didn't have the Bibles that we have today, like the Peshitta or the Word. They, they didn't have those in the day. Well, I mean... The, the the Eastern Orthodox churches had them. Right, right, right. I forget. But the Western world did not know about them. At all. They were, they were first one, let's see. It was around, I want to say the 1800s where, um, like 1835, where there's a traveler to uh, Persia and they discovered these people that actually had the Eastern Orthodox Bibles and all, um, and had the Book of Enoch and had some other books and all that. Wow. But what That's you're saying, cool. Brother Tony, I mean, what you're saying is that I think many of us got to get it right through our heads. God does not kill. No. 
God does not take us home. Well, how do you explain all the killing in the Old Testament? There, there's, there are two valid explanations. One, it was man's perception of God. Right. Because in their mind, God was both good and evil. Right. And I, and I believe that it, well, that God, God, God will get you if you don't. Now, the, under, the undercurrent of that is the Nephilim. Okay? They were the corrupt seed. So, yes, God brought death upon them. Right. They were corrupt seed. They were evil. They were exactly. Kind of messed up. No mercy on them. He had no mercy on the angels that made it, that stepped down from their high place. They were spiritual. They were pure. And made contact with the blood of men through mating with women. Right. Talk about a hybrid. Whoa. And so with them, that's why they don't have the gospel. That's why the angels would love to peer into the gospel of Christ. But they could not because they had already been in perfection. They had already been in God's presence. Is it possible, Brother Tony, like I heard a professor the other night, I'm not going to give the professor's name because I don't want anybody to go following this professor, said that the ancestors of the Nephilim are walking among us today. If you see these super tall people or these people... No, no. No. Okay. There, there's a professor. There was a show on on an, another show on YouTube up front. And you there, just, there's many people talk about the Nephilim are coming back and all this. Right. Stuff. Right. 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 So you're you know, good. Um, and once again, no. That that Christ took care of that. And I've had people that have asked me, Tony, sometimes I get just a little bit worried that my husband, because he's a big man. Well, look at my buddy, CJ. CJ, um, No, that through the finished work of Christ, no. Now, is there a possibility the government or some government is creating this through DNA or whatever. I'm sure there's that possibility, but guess what? That's why we are to spread the love of Christ, the love of God, and bring them to true salvation, which means their DNA can be reverted back. That is an excellent, excellent point. Some of the things that you read about what governments are doing around the world, the only thing that can counteract it is a solid faith in the love of God. I'm telling you, boy, some of the stuff these, these nations are planning, it just ain't right. And it's not right. And, but the thing is, 
we are in the kingdom of God. We are not defenseless. Right. We have the power of the Holy One living inside of us. How do we have that? nothing to fear when we learn who we are, that we are truly sons. Our DNA is changed. Now, I will never take the vaccine. But am I scared of it? No, they could inject no. me with whatever they want. I am a spiritual being. It's the Holy Spirit who is giving life to the vehicle called our human bodies. I am not worried about the vaccine. Ooh, you press me and put a shot at me, fine, do it. It will not affect me. Amen. And that's the attitude the church should have had instead of preaching, preaching, preaching. And so we're going to close our church because of COVID. Well, where's your power of God? Like you preach. But Brother Tony, you know this. The power of God left the church and went into the body of Christ. The church, the church example of this or explanation, they'll say this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you say, well, They don't mean it, though. I right, mean the it. devil. I was going to ask you how, because they'll tell you, when you say, well, who, what does that mean? It means the devil is in the world and you're greater. You have authority and all this kind of stuff. They'll say what does that mean to you as far as the proper interpretation of that scripture? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He that is in the world is the knowledge and wisdom of man. Just like Peter said, you are a front to me because you love the things of men. The knowledge that's in the world is man's knowledge, which, by the way, um, I'm just going to hit, hit on this. One thing, the angels that had families with human females, okay, they took the eternal secrets of heaven, shared them with their sons and daughters, the Nephilim. So originally, that's where the evil came from. And in fact, according to the book of Enoch, the Nephilim wrote it down and there was a book of it. Okay? Um, but once again, when I say the corrupt seed, that's where all this evil started. With the corrupt seed. Now, I won't get even more specific because then it'll blow everybody's mind. But for now, we'll leave it there. Hmm. Wow. But when Jesus referenced it, it was always men's hearts, the evil in our hearts. It was always, that's this stuff. This stuff we speak, human wisdom, and all of that. That's in the, of the world. Yes. And that, and that wisdom is not from, you know, what James said about that wisdom, is it's not good. He said the, the exactly. man is selfish, it's mean, it's, it's, it's that man's wisdom is woe. 
You know, our wisdom says if you can't get ahead, take it, steal it. Exactly. That's not the wisdom of God. Which is, and let's blame God for all the evil in the world. Let's say God allows it. If he allowed and, evil, he would have never sent Christ. Right. And we're so easy to say that. Even you hear newscasters saying, well, it's an act of God. Or to right. name a whole community with the first thing we say, Brother Tony, was the act of God. How could, where do we get that thinking from? It was an act of God that the whole town got destroyed by tornadoes, such and such. Boy, it was an act. Then people. We get it from the misperception taken from the old covenant that we don't understand. That's where it's taken from. And we repeat it. How can a loving, merciful God. That's what I was talking about last Friday the functional truth. The functional truth is a lie that was repeated so often you don't question it. Yeah, that was a tactic used in propaganda in World War II. By and there is a lot of functional truth in the church. <laughs> wow. Do you think the church knows it or no? Some, some, some have full knowledge of it. Others are ignorant, like Saul, Saul of Tarsus. It was his ignorance. He believed it. He sure did. He really did. There, there were some that, that believe it out of ignorance. And there's some that, that believe it and teach it, deceived and deceiving, but they know the truth. There were many of the Pharisees that knew the truth. They knew scriptures. They knew who was standing in front of them. Right, they did. They really did. You read that, yeah, they really did. You read that scripture closely, they knew. And you, you want a sure sign. If, if you are attending a church, and you want and and you want to discover is is that particular church part of the body or is it part of the church? And I separate it on purpose for a reason. The church is simply an organization created by man. Okay? The body of Christ serves Christ. All right. If you want to know the difference. How is the board of elders elected? Hmm. If they are appointed by themselves, then I will tell you what, get out of there. And I will tell you their reasoning will be, well, the crowds turned against Jesus. And so y'all don't have a say so because you were the ones so congregational members, you have no choice in the matter. Who turned the crowds against Jesus? The Pharisees. Yes. They whipped up the frenzy against him. So who are the ones that should not have a say who's on the board of elders using oh. their line of thought? Mm. Mm. Themselves? That's who shouldn't be. And I, for a very short period, I attend church like that. 
the Board of Elders, it was handed down basically through through from father from grandfather to father to son, etc. They voted themselves in, they decide who was coming on, who wasn't. And their reasoning was it was a crowd that says crucified Jesus. Yeah, but who turned that crowd against Jesus? The leaders. The elders. Yes. I like the way the Holy Spirit puts that. These church officers and leaders should not be uh, appointed. They should be anointed. And a lot of them, like you said. Well. But you know what? Uh, In a lot of churches, there's a lot of politics in that. The deacon board and the elders. There's a lot. I know. I was up in. That's right. There's a lot of stuff that. It serves the church. What most people call the church is man's religion. Right. I'm sure. It has nothing to do with God or Jesus. They're simply names thrown in. That's why there is a huge difference between a church and the body. Now, House of God Worship Center is part of the body of Christ. Okay? You can have a church that is in the body of Christ. But that's what I'm talking about. Discerning the difference. You cannot discern the difference if you don't know the truth. And you know, Brother uh, uh, Tony, I don't, you've been in a lot of different churches too. Some of the churches, like I mean, you go to those deacon board meetings or the elder meetings with all the other the higher ups in the church, and they'll start, you know, talking about members and stuff about this person, whatever. Then they'll say, "Well, remember Joe Smith? Well, we can't touch Joe. He's a big tither. We got to lay off for Joe." You know, exactly we, right. We don't want to offend Joe because he gives a lot of money to the church. I'm saying, and Joe would be the one that comes to the church smelling liquor on his breath on Sunday, catting around with the women. You know, we, we got to let we let this like God is merciful. And so they wouldn't they wouldn't hurt the guys that gives a lot of money or the family that gives a lot of money or, or the family that named the pew after that. Jesus, both Jesus and Paul talked against that. Right. And James did too. He said, You put the rich people in the front of the church and you let the poor people stay in the back. He said, This is not right. That's not right. But but yet people knowing this, people see it and they stay in the church. Why? Yeah, why did I? Exactly. Why did I? Wow. Because you, they, you were operating under functional truth. Well, if you don't go to church, yes, if you don't go to church, you're going to hell. If you don't right. go to church, you're not fellowship. You're not in fellowship. If you, you don't, you they know. told me if I don't go to church, I'll lose my covering over me and my family. You don't want to lose your covering, brother, for if you don't come to church. Remember what God said, do not forsake the fellowship. And you know what? You get, you get all spiritually scared and you stay there. You stay out of fear. Exactly. Because you're working from a functional truth. You ask the Holy Spirit, he will show you the truth. And which that's a whole reason the Holy Spirit showed you to quit going to church. Right. And I didn't even ask. I was dedicated to church a thousand percent. I was always in there. And he told me, and I didn't even ask. He said, get out. 
just like that, get out. And I told fellowship you, means that to fellowship. Right. And you know what? I told your sister, Bernie, and Bernie said, you better listen. You better listen. And it wasn't too long that we said we found out some terrible information about the past. He told me personally, and he said such and such a thing happened. And Bernie picked it up a long time ago. It's not right. right. There. You know? And, and once again, you know, I'm, it is absolutely wonderful to attend a church as long as it's part of the body of Christ. Amen. I attend church, but that church is part of the body of Christ and teaches truth. I will not be a part of a church that functions in the functional truth, which is a lie. Huge difference. And the biggest giveaway, look, you can walk into a church, you ask the pastor one question, is it God's will to always heal? And if they answer no, or if they give you a beating around the bush, answer, do not walk away, run quickly. About 98% of them, Brother Tony will say, it is not always God's will. And 98% should be empty. And I know it. They did a survey on the, uh, the results is that pastors believe God can heal if he wants to, but that he doesn't heal everyone. If he and will. guess what? That question is answered in Luke 5, 12 and 13. Right there in scriptures, Jesus, the, the leper comes to Jesus. It says, I know you can heal me, but will you? And he says, I will. Only today it's I have. Right, I have. So any church that teaches against healing or that God heals some, others he don't, and all this nonsense, run. Because if they don't know the least, then how in the world do they know the truth about anything that may be somewhat complicated, which God is not complicated, is the simplicity that we have in Christ. Hmm. So if they don't have healing right, which is very apparent, five minutes of looking at the Gospels, looking at Isaiah 53, all the way through 10, and plus, um, and looking at at Peter 2.12, and looking at, what is it, Matthew 8.16, where it says, this is that which the prophet Isaiah talked about has come to pass, he has borne your sicknesses. Mm. Right there was the fulfillment of Isaiah 53, 5. Wow. A five-minute study will prove it's God's will to always heal. 
a five-minute study will prove every single part. If you look at King James, that word griefs, right? Mm -hmm. That means pain in the Greek. Okay? All of it is related to the physical body from start to finish. In Isaiah 53, 4, all those words. He has borne our sorrow and carried our griefs. Both those words means physical sickness. And it means pain. <coughs> in the Greek. Or excuse me, in the Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the Greek in Second Peter. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and sorrows. Same thing. In the Greek, that's where the Greek comes in. In the Hebrew, in Isaiah, in the Greek, in Peter, it all means physical ailments and pain. And doesn't the word salvation, or zuzo, or zuzo, how do you pronounce that word? Zuzo. Doesn't that mean healing also? Yes. It means saved, healed, delivered, set free made whole it is not just about going to heaven right the church has made that that word salvation strictly a, a road to heaven it's not for earth like when right, you right here and this is once again i just out of curiosity i grabbed my my uh amplified okay and i looked up isaiah 53 here's four all right Surely he has borne our griefs. This is what I love about the Amplified. Um, in parentheses, meaning this is what it really means. Right. It says sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, physical, and carried our sorrows and pains. Right there. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. Hello? By God. Whoa. They teach that God's wrath was poured out on Jesus at the cross, right here. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. As with leprosy. Hello? Yet, it says ignorantly, which means that's not true, right? Right. Uh, Brother Tony, what scripture is that? I want to read that uh, my amplified to. What is scripture is that again? 53, 4. 53, 4. Because <laughs> that amplified Bible, I, I agree with you. I love that Bible. That's a, that's a wonderful Bible. It makes it all big. I, I don't, you know, I love the Pichita, I love the Weast, I love the NLT, but I have been in the Amplified extensive enough to know it is a good translation. Thank you. I I, I also um like that Bible, particularly that night when you, you and I had um our other little debate. Yes, Brother Tony and I talk almost all hours of night and day. And, and, it said, and you said, that's the proper, I think it was started to be approved, you said, that's the proper interpretation of what that should Correct. be. Correct. 
and, uh, and and you know what? But then you can. I don't know how you do it. Can you blame the pastors for learning wrong if the word is written wrong? I mean, the Holy Spirit should. Okay, so guess what? There's called a concordance. Yes. Which supposedly they're going to school, and that is all. You only need the concordance if you're King James only. Right. Because as I'm proving right now, this has, the Amplified has the correct meaning. And also the Holy Spirit would lead you into all truth too, right? Exactly, which was my next point. How okay. does somebody who didn't go to school learn all this, yet somebody who went to school didn't learn it, right? That's what I was thinking. I was going to say, Brother Tony, you know all this, and before you ever said you picked up an accordance, the Holy Spirit was teaching you. Correct. What's oh. their excuse? Yeah, wow. Wow. And then right here, it references Matthew 8, 17. Wow. Mm. Where Matthew 8, 17 clearly shows. Clearly shows. It was all about physical healing mm. so anyone that is seeking the truth you knock the door shell open etc etc so guess what no one is with it with an excuse and thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet isaiah he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. That directly states physical healing. How can any pastor that calls himself a man of God say God sometimes heals and sometimes doesn't? They cannot. Amen. And Anthony knows this. I have no problem in saying if you are in a church and the pastor is teaching, sometimes God allows it, run. They teach it too. There, there should not be one truth seeker in a congregation, you are paying that man for spiritual truth that he ain't given you. That's wow. Wow. You dumb bought a lemon. Right. <laughs> You bought it, you're in a church that's 11. Mm -mm. Yet, many people are satisfied to sit in a church that is not teaching truth. For years, for years, people have stayed in those churches. Without questioning it. At all, at all. And then there are people like you, like Diane Walker, that start questioning it. 
Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Stephanie, the other one that has a show. Is that her name? Michelle. Michelle Snyder. She also. Uh... Well, everybody from Michelle, Stephanie to um, Leoma, um, you name it. And I hope you steer Bella away from that. <laughs> she is a gem. Don't let her get caught up in the system. So the truth is obvious to truth seekers, but you've got to seek it. You can't get it from a silver spoon because more than likely you're you're not being fed the truth. Yeah, you're right. He said seek and you shall find. Seek. Absolutely right. This is wow. And once again, I mean there are good churches that are part of the body of Christ that do teach truth. Yes. They are a minority. And that is why you have ministries like mine that come up and teach you truth. They're not afraid to teach the truth. Don't we are in a day and age that the true believers are going to be a faceless crowd and there's not going to be to the mainstream public one known leader. Oh, wow. And that fulfills scripture, which states, no longer shall neighbor teach neighbor, but all will come to know the truth for themselves. Hmm. Gosh, sorry about that. that. And that is where this is end towards. Because... You're again, people like Eric, who's been on the show, our friend in Canada, who has a home church. You think that's the future? Absolutely, because you're not finding the truth in the buildings. And they they worship the buildings more than the congregation, though, more than even God. In, In the buildings, they're leading people into, right back into the law. They're leading people to not trusting God, to trust man's vaccines. They're leading people to those things. They're not leading people to the truth. Come on. That is so, that is really true. That is really, I mean, you got mainline big pastors who've been telling people, you know, take this vaccine. God would take the vaccine. His son would take it. You got to take it. I watch. Gosh. What happened to the scriptures? I heal them all. Exactly right. Boy. Wow. And didn't he so st- once, once again, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Who's in the world? Franklin Grahams. Oh. And didn't he say he could do little miracles in his own hometown because of their unbelief? They didn't believe him. And Correct. The, and the church right now is saying, don't, don't believe in, like, you know, God. You take the vaccine to be on the safe side. 
All they do is throw his name and Jesus' name around. Right, right. I think you had a you, you had a, a quote. You said it maybe a couple of weeks back. You said, you said I was in the world and you was in church. You said, living in the church, the church is just like the world. They only put Christ in front of it. Yep. That's the only no difference. Same only, coin. Right. They only, same, only do is same make exact coin. They, they 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 add God. Whereas the same thing they do in the world, competition, uh, politics, cutthroat, raising money and, and, and using all kinds of excuses. And then they say, the Lord said it. And that, yep. so, okay. You, you ever hear a preacher say, God said so. You better look that verse up. And you better <laughs> look at the context. Thus saith the Lord. Exactly. As soon as the preacher says that, you better be looking it up and look it up in context. Because I guarantee he's taking out context. A lot of times, I used to do that, and a lot of times that was true. That was so true, but I would never confront my pastor. I was just, like, just like the old deal about women preaching. Yes, they don't. Jesus' actions show they ain't the truth. Paul's actions show that's not the truth. Wait, wait. Enlighten me on his actions that show that. Is there a scripture? Every sure. Everybody's going to quote the scripture that Paul says, I forbid women to teach men. You know, Who was the first evangelist? Who was the first one that spread the gospel that oh. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead? I think that was Mary, right? Right. Yes. She would and told everyone back. And then the men didn't believe. They didn't believe her. And she told them he is risen. Jesus chose a woman to spread the gospel. Wow. That, that, that's, a very, you, that's a very new way to look at that. Paul was surrounded himself with women that taught the gospel. Priscilla, for starters. Right, and I, and I think, and it's not necessary for me to do this, but I'm just being led to do this. Brother Tony Myers is not saying that some of you pastors who have women surrounding you for, the, for your own ego, for your own gratification, for your own whatever, he is not saying that. He said, Paul and these, had, these women, it plays spiritually. He's not talking about, when you hear these things about pastors who have 50 million women around them and doing things. I'm talking about having women preachers, women pastors, women teachers. Right. For spiritual guidance and bread that, hey, who 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 in, in the school system, what gender is the majority of teachers? Women. Right. Women are nurturers. They are natural in teachers. Who leads most men to Jesus? My wife led me to Christ. It was my mother who prayed for me for years and years and years. Many, there are many, many 
households where the woman is the spiritual powerhouse that knows more truth than the man ever thought of knowing. Yet we are going to take one isolated scripture, make a theology about it, and did you notice that letter was addressed to a specific group of people? Right, the Corinthians. It wasn't addressed to the body. It was addressed to the Corinthians. They had just come from paganisms. They were pagans before. And they were con the women were conducting themselves in an unchristlike manner. Right. And, you know, not only that, as you just said, there was a lot of things that church did incorrectly. And Paul had to do a lot of correcting. You know, Correct. Going to the communion party and drinking. And, I mean, it was, that was. A, a, but yet, Paul had many, many women that were apostles that were in leadership under his authority. So he was not in any way saying all women for all time are banned from the pulpit. Yep, we made a theology on that one. Though. In fact, there was no such thing as a pulpit back then. Everyone had a chance to speak what they felt led to speak. Hello? Is, there was not is, one person in charge. Most people don't know that. That is true. There was no such thing as a pulpit in the day. It was that's that's a modern thing. That's not that's not a biblical thing. That's a modern There was no altar. Yes. There was right. no altar call. That was started by D.L. Moody in 1930-something. Correct. There was none of this shaming you into Christ. Yeah, or forcing you into it and putting you in the rack and burning you up. I mean, whoa. Exactly right. And so, once again, there's the body of Christ that are truth seekers, and there's the church the organization. Wow. Whoa. Excellent lesson. Study all this out for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit confirm it to each and every one of you that are listening. If you seek the truth, you can have it. And please take what he just said, what Brother Tony just said. I'm talking to all of you in the Mark Howard broadcast around the world. He said, study this out for yourself. Don't just say, oh, Brother Tony said it. This is the truth. It, it is. But you know what? Know it for yourself. That's why that scripture in Amplified that Tony said. Do not misquote me, people. Right, right. Do not. Don't say Tony said. Study it out for yourself and right. say, look here. And that happened to Paul, too, when he said, people are saying this about us. We ain't never said that. You know, exactly right. I get told all the time and I say this and I say that and I ain't never said it. Wow. Well, Tony, in your book, it says it. Reread it. Right. Reread it. That's why uh, that's why my sarcastic remark is, have you even read my book? And they'll be like, I actually I joke with my editor. And I'm like, Tess, have you ever read my book? You edited it. <laughs> and you're the editor? 
No. This is my editor that that read unlocking or that read uh DIY knocking food off ten times. Wow. And I'm like, have you ever read my book? I don't say that. So really, I, I encourage you to take what Brother Tony to heart. Really, really study it for yourself. If you don't have an amplified body, you can go on, on Bible. You can go online and they have it on, on a lot of sites. If you don't want that Bible, Tony is recommending the Peshitta Bible, the Weiss Bible, and there's one more you recommend. Um, the Peshitta, the Weiss, and the Passion. And the Passion. Get any one of them, all of them. You hear what he said? I have five Bibles in front of me. In front of me. I own like 20 Bibles. Yeah, and he, so you know he's dedicated to the truth that we're getting. But don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. That's Study it out for yourself. Right. That's because he, Now, it is fine for you to say, read Tony's books. Yes. But it ain't fine for you to paraphrase what I'm saying, and you're taking it completely out of context. Let the person read what I say for themselves. I used to have a fellow, Tony, I told him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, t I told him, you teach this. And he'd rattle off. And I'm like, no, I don't teach that. Ooh. Not even close. Would you please quit saying that I teach this when that ain't what I teach? Hand them a book, let them read it. Tell them how to get the book. That's how, that's that old telephone thing. Remember the, the cans? Yes. You, know, you, you keep going by the telephone thing. You tell a person one thing, they get one or two words wrong. Then you tell someone else and it goes on down the line. By the time it gets to the last person, it's everything totally it's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what happens. And that's, look, if you have to say so-and-so said, then you don't know what they said. You need to digest their material until you do know it. So you can say, I say, because here, looky here, 1 Corinthians 2.21. Right. And I'm going to this is what it means. Then you know what you're talking about. Right. You know, you're but if you're having to say so-and-so says, you don't know the information. You don't, you don't know it. It is when you can put it in your own language and still have the context right that's when you know it. Amen. So, God bless everyone. All my information is on my website, TonyBelieves.com. Right. And as I said, uh, the Mark Howard Broadcast, we're working on a, um, ways for you to contact us. Tony gives all his information out automatically. I'm going to put the information that you can directly at, at live time, trying to work it for live. When Tony's on, you can be on with him uh, either through email, through texting or one way or another. But once again, Brother Tony, thank you. It take two hours on a Friday 
with your new, with, 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 you know, all the things you have to do and spend it on the Mark Our Broadcast. We are greatly, greatly appreciative and humbled. And do it and treat a topic like this with such grace and dignity. I, I cannot thank you enough. I didn't get upset at all. As a matter of fact, I appreciate it that you touched on many things that I went through literally, literally. And um, I, I just thank you for doing it. I thank God that he's filled you so much with his compassion, love, grace, and mercy. And I mean that. I, I really do. And so for all of you that want to contact Tony, you got all his information. TonyMyerBelieves.com. Get it. Thank you, Brother Tony. Thank you so much. And I do pray that you and yours have a great, great weekend. And thank you for this personal prayer that you gave for us here over our pet. Yes, Brother Tony does that. He's that type of man he, of God that he prayed even for our pet. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Matter of fact, I'm happy to say that. He prayed for our pet. Thank you, Brother Tony. God bless you and have a most excellent week. Amen. And thank you, as always, for having me. Yes, brother. I was going to say, sir, but I'll say yes, brother. And be blessed. Yes. Be a natural state of existence for a believer. Be blessed. Yes. Be healed. Be a blessing. Amen and amen. Well, you've been listening to the Mark Howard broadcast on Friday. As you know, it's a God-driven, God-centered, God-inspired talk show featuring God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And once again, featuring Brother Tony Myers. It was a pleasure to have Brother Tony Myers. It was a pleasure to have you, the entire audience. And Father, I thank you for giving us this opportunity that Brother Tony Myers teach us on your airwaves, on your show. Thank you, Father, for the blessing that you've given us this day with Brother Tony Myers. In Jesus' name, I thank you and praise you. Amen. Brother Tony, I got you. 